0: Are we not the best of some friends already? Only in media. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the podcast that has as many goals as the Dallas Stars this week. Yep, we're leaning into it today, ladies and gentlemen. We're, we're just going to take that take that shot right across the bow and... and Talk some hockey. We're going to do a little bit of stargazing. Logan, I'm not going to ask how you are. I'm going to ask how you're holding up, I think, is the word this week.
1: Shot across the bow. We sank after taking that shot across mm-hmm. the bow. Are you kidding me? <laughs> There's no weathering the storm. The storm hit us. We're at the ocean floor now.
0: <laughs> nothing. Nothing was weathered. Of course, we we podcast on Wednesday after a pair of back-to-back goalless losses, at the hands of the division-leading, world-beating Tampa Bay Lightning. And I think, you know, anyone looking forward to a rematch of the Stanley Cup Final, you know, it was definitely more games... It was definitely more Game 5 and Game 6, right? The end of the end of things, than it was Game 1, you know, Game 1, where, where Dallas looked like they might have, have been in it a little bit. And, I mean, oh, man, it was... Uh, And I think, you know, rather than diving too much into the individual games, we were talking about this ahead of time, it's, it's almost like those two games were the season so far in a nutshell, in that a lot of, you know, name a problem, right, trouble getting interior, scoring vanishes, bad mistakes, couple of suspect goals, like, every it's like they they went ahead and and they've been rehearsing all of the little problems they've had along the way and just dumped them wholesale at least in game 1 and it was it was you know i think the most disappointing thing again harping back on the the previous Stanley Cup final is the gap in those two teams was very evident
1: absolutely it you know one was very clearly i think it was you know mike heiko was saying one was chasing a Stanley Cup one was chasing the puck, basically. Uh, and and it was absolutely just awful to watch, essentially. Um, and, you know, it's it's something that I have not, I was not surprised by, given Tampa Bay's style of play and having followed them for a long time and knowing that when they smell blood in the water, they are going to come after you. And Dallas is hurting, and they, they just took Dallas down. Um, you know, Dallas, you know, Tampa scored on the, the power play, they scored pretty much everywhere you could. So they expose all of these flaws that Dallas has been dealing with and compounded it to the point where I feel like Dallas is a little bit like they were spun around in a circle with their eyes closed and they're told to like run in a straight line now and they have no direction where of where the line should go right yeah. there are too many problems for them to fix and i really wonder how they're going to approach the rest of march now trying to fix this
0: yeah i mean it's it's you know you, you talk about injuries and they don't have they don't have a ton but i think this is where you're starting to see sagan's absence being felt alexander radulov's absence being felt something is wrong with you know, Rope Hence, right? So this is where it's not so much the volume of injuries at this point, but the specific players that are ailing right now. And I think you're really seeing it. And I say this as an, a, you know, I am I am big-time fan of Jason Dickinson and the role he plays and, and what he brings to the Dallas Stars. But there were times in the second game against Tampa Bay, which was a, a competitive and closer affair, so credit to the Stars for for keeping in that one somewhat, there were times in that game when, when in desperate need of a goal, the line Dallas was throwing out was, you know, Jamie Benn, Joe Pavelski, and Jason Dickinson. And like I said, I love me some Jason Dickinson. He's, he's a fantastic player, but he's not a guy that, you know, you're, he's not a guy that you're looking to, if, if he's the guy that you're hoping to throw on your first line for a goal-saving spark against a team leading your division, then you're in a lot of trouble.
1: Exactly. And and he's been so cold lately that, you know, if this had been Jason Dickinson from the first couple of games of the season, it would be a different discussion. But this is the Jason Dickinson who has been struggling. And the fact that he's struggling, Guryanov is struggling, Kevin is struggling, you know, all these guys that were hot and, and were really giving a lot of fans hope that we really do have depth at the forward core. Finally, they've all gone cold at the same time. And suddenly it's like, OK, so. Joe Pavelski is going to get us the goal. Is that Klingberg's going to get us the goal? Is that is that what we're <laughs> relying on at this point?
0: Well, I will say credit where credit is due. Pavelski sits at 20 points in 17 games and leads. At one point, he's—I don't know if he's still there at as we speak—but at one point was leading the NHL in power play goals. He's at or around mm-hmm. that mark. Um, so I do think it is—you know—if you're 36 years old playing on this team and you're over a point a game, like we're going to go ahead and gently withdraw him from criticisms of the offense right now because how much worse would it look um, without pavs around and i'd even say klingberg right now sitting and he's got 14 points in 17 games three goals 11 assists i've i've been generally satisfied with his play this season too i i don't Mm -hmm. know that you know I, i think it's it's Sadly, our, our sweet baby boy Miro is is starting that, that nine point in seventeen games, minus six, which minus is a junk stat, but it fits for the narrative. You know, we're starting to see this team needs playmakers. And you know Dallas is at a stretch where they're turning to. We we talked about Dickinson on the top line chasing a goal. They're they're you know looking to Justin Dowling to revive a suddenly flailing power play. Um, you know Jason Robertson, right? Like the the, the guys that they're suddenly desperate to help pull them out of this tailspin are in some cases guys that have no history at the NHL level at least that tell us that they are the people that are you know their role would be to pull the stars out of such a tailspin so i think it's you know yes there's depth but it's you know when when you have your first you know when you have your number one center just out definitively when you have you know top six winger out when you have your second line center or top six winger you know battling something like it's 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 actually, and as I speak, sorry, I'm, I'm rambling, but it reminds me of the problem Dallas ran into in the playoffs last last season, kind of the opposite. It, it wasn't their skill in that got hurt. Basically, if you were a bottom six forward for the Dallas Stars, you got hurt last playoffs. And by the yeah. time they hit Tampa Bay, a lot of the defensive structure, the penalty kill, a lot of things had fallen apart. Because Foxa was out and Como was hurting and cognata it, it was it was this is the inverse of that. Like those guys have been the, the bottom half of the lineup has been relatively stable in terms of health. It's the top half of the lineup that has been decimated and that's killing them right now. They just can't play with the puck.
1: Exactly. It's they're missing that leadership, that experience, that you know, ability to know like the the hockey IQ, which drives me up the wall, but they're missing that sense of knowing where they need to be on the ice at a certain moment to be able to make the play, to dish the puck out or to get the puck into the net. And aside from Pavelski, they don't have anyone in the top six that is capable of doing that right now at a consistent level with Sagan out, with Radulov out, right? And with, and it is... With Gurionov
0: struggling with, with you know, hence struggling and hurt.
1: And in and out, exactly. And Dickinson gone cold, have gone cold. Yeah, it, it's it is something to be concerned about because you know, like the playoffs were one thing where they had the top six, mostly healthy now that we know Sagan was was battling something. Yeah. He long-term. didn't get he
0: didn't get worse over the course of like injury-wise. Yeah. He was what he was throughout the entirety of the playoffs. And to his credit, and I said this at the time, and I'm, I'm just gonna harp on it, I think Sagan, in light of how hurt he was, I think he found a way to contribute mightily during the playoffs last season. Exactly, they were, they were a better team for having him out on the ice, even diminished.
1: Yeah, the with the injuries and the severity of the injuries that he had, and the fact that he was still making his presence known on the ice, I, like I don't—he basically was skating on one good leg. I have no idea how he did it, and I am just forever like in awe of him, and also horrified of like, please don't hurt yourself further. <laughs> When you're hurt that bad, don't play. But um, by the time they got to Tampa Bay in the final, they had almost 10 guys that were injured. And by the time they got to game six, they had over 10 guys on their injured reserve, essentially, that were just sucking it up and playing through. They had a relatively healthy roster in these two games on um, last night and a couple of nights ago where it, it was the reverse of they had most of the roster healthy. The guys weren't sucking up and playing through injury, and they still could not figure out how to crack Tampa Bay. And, you know, someone tweeted, Vasilevsky has, you know, three shutouts against the Stars in his last three games against the Stars. Ha ha, we get the Game 6 reference. But it's not just Vasilevsky that has shut them down. Tampa Bay, their bottom six are so stacked that it is laughable, some of the names that are in their bottom six, right? And their bottom six are also very good at playing defense like you know offensive defense their their defensive core I mean my god it's Hedman and Stamkos and do I need to continue (laughs) Uh, I believe you meant
0: Sergachev Stamkos isn't in the not a not defensive core
1: (laughs) yeah fair enough (laughs) Uh, (laughs) but I mean basically all Hedman has to do is just look at someone and people dive out of his way Mm -hmm. Um, the puck will go where he wants it to go but it, it is very disconcerting that Dallas could not find a way they solved Florida for five and a half periods. They've solved the Panthers for five and a half periods and had them shut out. And they, and Florida is one of the best teams, right? They could not do that against Dallas. It it was like, they've given themselves the yips after the final, they look at Tampa and they just remember the, like getting shut out in game six and Give up essentially. I,
0: I think that's a little bit I, I'm gonna disagree with you a little bit. I don't think Dallas solved Florida. I think Florida solved Dallas. And Florida's not as good defensively as a team. And again, going back to harping on the skill thing, Dallas's problem was how many you know, multiple times and they did generate some chances. They were able Jamie Benn hit a post. They got interior a little bit, but but so far with with some of these buys out tactically, Dallas has been unable to work the puck consistently into the middle of the ice. And get shots from meaningful areas. They are a perimeter team right now. They they dump it in. They you know they they break in, do that you know little drop pass along the blue line. They're even able you know with with Alexiak, with Miro, with Klingberg, they can get. There will be moments where they've got the puck transitioning along the line. They're creating some motion. The problem is once you get deeper into the zone, there's just nobody for the stars right now that can get the puck off of the wall, get around an interior on a defenseman, and generate anything that resembles a scoring chance. And this, you know, like why I'm why I'm positioning this as a disagreement is I don't think Florida presented the same level of problems in that series to me. Those two games to me was much more about. Florida adjusting to Dallas's defensive structure and scoring. Mm,
1: that's a Whereas good Whereas
0: Tampa Bay was much more about Dallas being unable to make, you know, any kind of adjustment. Tampa Bay just played with their food, right? Dallas was never able yeah. to, t- to take a look at what Tampa Bay was doing and say, okay, we're going to do X, Y, you know, they, they threw Jason Dickinson on the top line, right? There, there wasn't anything in the toolbox that could help them get
1: anything resembling danger
0: into their offense.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And, and it's um, to your point, when was the last time the stars won a board battle? Like I'm, I'm, I'm searching the memory bank and coming up zilch at this point uh, because that, that is a huge problem for them deep into the zone. Right. And especially in their own end as well. Um, Tampa Bay playing with their food is a sight to see. And Listen, for, for those who don't follow me on Twitter, I am a fan of Tampa Bay. I, I They are one of my teams. Um, unfortunately, fortunately, I grew up in the same hometown at the same time as, as one of their players. And so that's that's how I got into them. That's my excuse. <laughs> but so that means I love this team and I know this team. And I know that when they play with their food, they, are, they have figured out it's not just like John Cooper that sees the flaws on the ice. That whole team has an absolutely elevated hockey IQ from Matthew Joseph, all the way up to Steven Stamkos, like from the rookie to the top. They are just uncanny of sharing one brain on the ice and being able to see like, okay, the stars are really bad at board battles. We're going to exploit that. They are really bad at maintaining their hold in the offensive zone, we're well, going to scramble them. Like it, it you, is and,
0: and those things go together. If if you don't have to worry about a team making a play and getting the puck off of the wall inside, then you can crash those wall. Like they you can you can afford to outman the Dallas Stars along the wall right now. I and I don't think it's an effort. There, there were this team, this team is still trying. The compete's still there. They're banging bodies. They're trying to fight their way through. It's just you're you're able to apply. You know, if, if you're playing against the stars right now, you can over apply resources in those corners and in those board battles because you know you're not going to get burned on the backside. And until Dallas can figure out a way to to break that, right? You know, to use an analogy, right? If if I can't hit, if I can't hit a thirty yard pass downfield, you know, go route, then I'm not going to take the top – then I'm not going to be able to run effectively because I'm not going to take the top off the off the defense, right? I can crowd Mm -hmm. the line. I can bump and run. I can can do things to mess up your offense because I don't have to worry about a guy getting downfield. And right now that's the stars. You can do things to them. You can play aggressive on the puck. You can take away their time. You can take away their space. The center – the winger can come a little bit down – a little bit further down in the defensive zone. The center can come a little bit away from the middle to keep the puck along the boards because you know that right now – Dallas is having trouble consistently icing a forward line that has three players that can that can do anything about it, which kind of simplifies your defense. And, and you know, all of a sudden and I'll give you we're going to play a very quick game of, of you know, Wes quizzes, Logan on stats. I'm just oh, gonna
1: ask, no. Oh, <laughs> no.
0: 2.0. I'm just going to ask you two, just two questions this time to illustrate my point. Who is, uh, you know, the top three scores for the Dallas Stars right now are Pavelski, Klingberg and Gurionov in that order. Who is the number four scorer by points for the Dallas Stars right now?
1: By points?
0: By points. Is that? Sorry, technically tied for third.
1: Technically tied for third. Okay, so there's two options. Two Um, people have
0: 11 points. Dennis Gurionov is one of them. This person is the other.
1: Oh, boy. I feel like it could be Jamie Ben because he's just been pretty consistent with like the assists and and making those plays. But.
0: The fact that I'm going to ask you a second question is a hint.
1: The second question. Oh, oh, Lord. Um, (laughs) I'm I'm going to guess. Is it is it Jamie Ben?
0: It is Alexander Radulov.
1: Oh, my God. And
0: here's the second question. When is the last time Alexander Radulov was in the lineup for the Dallas Stars? And I had to look this up because, holy hell. So, yeah, second question. February 2021
1: time? was as long as March 2020. Like, in terms of looking back, it's been a decade since we saw him in the lineup. Uh, let me think. Uh, six games? I mean, it feels longer because they also had that week-long pause with the Storm. So, that I think that's kind of contributing to my... My
0: he, last, is. he last played on February fourth. He had three oh. assists against the Columbus Blue Jackets. I haven't seen him so so a a player Dallas's fourth leading scorer. And, and granted, the team also missed a month. But he has been off. The, he has been out of the lineup since early February, and he still is tied for third with you know Goryanov has played seventeen games. Hintz has played thirteen. Jamie Benn has played thirteen. He's three points back with eight. So, if you want to talk about Dallas's problems, it's that a guy that that is still, in Rick Bonus's word, not particularly close, is one of their highest scoring offensive weapons.
1: After almost a month long absence. Yeah.
0: And so, I think when we panic. talk about
1: panic in the disco, <laughs> panic and in I, the disco. And I'm glad that you're should, saying he should that. Be like seventh or eighth, like by this point, like you know. In a, in a team, in a better team, unfortunately, he would have dropped much further down that list in three weeks to almost four of an absence because you would have all of those names outside of him stepping up. And yet here we are, <laughs>
0: <laughs> which is a, a problem in and of itself. If one player has that much of a difference, right, then that's, mm-hmm. it shouldn't be that way. And, and I, I, I say that I wanted to take you right up to the ledge. What would you say if I told you I'm actually relatively optimistic right now?
1: Is that because you've become a Tampa Bay fan in the last 24 hours?
0: Ah, no, I say that. I say that as a victory green bleeding Dallas Stars fan. And the reason I say that is March schedule wise, we, we talked about this a little bit last podcast. I stress anyone, you know, you're panicking, right? Panic, panic, panic. Don't panic until the end of March. Because I'm going to go through Dallas's next several games, right? They I mean, play. they've got
1: teams coming up that they, they could theoretically make mincemeat out of. But given they how play. they've played in the last week and a half, I, I don't see them doing it. So I'm wondering if like, this Tampa that. Bay series it's... was the motivation well, to, if to get them going.
0: If you're optimistic, you look at the calendar and say the next time Dallas plays a good team is March 16th against Tampa Bay. They don't play another good team. They play play Tampa Bay three more times, right? The 16th, 23rd, 25th. They play Florida, 27th, 28th. Everything else on their schedule this month is Nashville, Detroit, Columbus, and two games against Chicago. And... it should be easy pickings. Especially considering, and credit to Puck Soup for this particular stat, uh, Chicago right now, right? Fourth spot, 12 wins. Feels like they're exceeding expectations. They haven't beaten anybody. They they've they've played. I think it was seventeen of their. I think the stat was seventeen of their twenty three games have been against Nashville, Detroit, Columbus.
1: Oh, interesting. And they so, they crawled up to fourth because they were they were feasting on the bottom feeders. So,
0: and, and, oh. you know, despite some recent glimmers, like Columbus, the wheels are falling off. Detroit mm-hmm. never had wheels in the first place and Nashville <laughs> is wretched no, they
1: right. They had one, it's on their Jersey, but that's the only one they have.
0: <laughs> so, you know, this is, you know, we've always talked about, and I, you know, I, I, say this as somebody that, that definitely has a season pass to the the bonus hate bus sometimes, but his, his biggest attribute as head coach, of the Dallas stars has been able to get them to pick themselves back up. Right. One game doesn't tend to bleed into the next. If, if ever the stars needed to do that, right. They've got yeah, three games not. now, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, Columbus, Columbus, Nashville, three wins sets up Tuesday, Thursday, next week against Chicago, which are suddenly big games against mm-hmm. the team. Dallas should beat and Dallas must beat right after that. Columbus, Columbus, they've got a game against Tampa Bay, Detroit, Detroit, Nashville, Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay, Florida, Florida. So, you know,
1: those, those Chicago games, uh, basically will be in the middle of the series this time next week. Those Chicago games will, or sorry, not the Chicago games, uh, the Tampa Bay game in two weeks, the Tampa Bay game in two weeks will be a really good halfway checkpoint to see, okay, they've played one, two, three, three different teams by that point and teams that they should beat and beat the daylights out of earlier in the season, right? Yep. Um well, Nashville and partially Columbus, but they they should have swept up a handful of those wins. Um if and, if bonus can get them to pick themselves up by their their lace skates and get back into some semblance of order, the podcast in 2 weeks is going to be a much different tone and I will firmly be into Panic in the disco? You mean panic at the disco? The band, right? right? Like, what's this panic in the disco? What is this nonsense? Yes, I know my pun is terrible. I still love it anyway. Um... Just lean in. That's <laughs> the key
0: to humor. And, and even if you, <laughs> even if you want to go completely worst case and say that Dallas is hopeless and they have no chance against the top of the division, and even if you just assume that. You know, I'm counting this on my hand, that Tampa, 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 Florida, Florida, even if you assume that they will automatically lose to the top of the division, right? Those that's, five that, times. That's five, right? And and again, why I say that we're, you know, I, I said this last, I'm going to repeat it until we're done with the month. We will know, you will know whether or not the Dallas Stars matter by the end of March, because by any reasonable expectation, we're looking, we should be looking as fans at a ten-win month, right? Eleven, maybe outside
1: of those games. Yep.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's there's just no excuse, even as even as beat up as they are, right? They'll get they they expect to get Rangel back at some point, right? Mm-hmm. They sure do need him. They there there is oh, cool. no excuse for this team to not come out of this month, and, and you know they still have the game. You know, this is where some of the games in hand, right? Even with the condensed schedule. Well, guess what? They have two goalies they can trust. You know, they've got they've got mm-hmm. a blend of parts, even though some of the high end is hurt. Like this is where this is where if, if you're Rick bonus, if you're Jamie Ben, if you're anybody in victory green, this is where in a lot of ways, like last season, right, they've had their month. They now have a, a golden opportunity from the scheduling gods to completely flip the narrative on this team and they better. Right, because yeah. I think I saw somewhere they have to go like twenty-five and seventeen or twenty-five and fifteen the rest of the way. That's plausible. The way if, that this if the div-
1: fifteen they drop are only two, Tampa Bay and Florida, it is doable.
0: Well, and especially the way that this division has has developed over the course of the season. There are there are two, two and a half, you know, Nashville, Detroit, Columbus. Those are gimme games. Mm-hmm. There's even as even as bad as Dallas is playing. Those they teams should still
1: are- be able to smack detroit around detroit is minus
0: 30 in (laughs) gold minus 30
1: (laughs) i needed that laugh thank you
0: (laughs) nashville's minus 17 columbus is minus 12 even after their nightmare stretch dallas is just a minus one right like
1: only a minus one
0: they've been good at times and they've been good against a lot of good teams right we didn't we didn't know about florida at the start of the season guess what turns out florida's pretty good we yeah. knew Carolina would be good. We knew Tampa Bay would be good. Look at Dallas's schedule. They've played those teams a lot.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They haven't played Nashville since the start of the season. They haven't played Detroit since the start of the season. They lost one against Columbus. Haven't played them. You know what I mean? It's it's been a stretch.
1: Yeah.
0: Looking back, and and you know they're going to have to find a way to beat Chicago. And it was pretty embarrassing the last time they didn't. Those are two those are two pivotal games. But as bad as things have been. We're looking at a stretch of hockey where it's very, you know, Dallas could win seven in a row and arguably should.
1: Right. It's it's like in the video game where you beat one of the mid-level bosses and then they give you a couple of like more chill quests in the mission, like in the main plot, (laughs) just to get your heart rate down and give you some hope of like, yeah, it took you like three tries to get the mid-level boss. But here, here's restoring your confidence. You've still got this. You have plowed through to the middle of the plot of this really hard video game, and you're going to be able to get to the end. Can anyone it's, tell if Joel and Ellie in the Natural History Valhalla? Oh,
0: I was, I was actually thinking of Joel and Ellie in the Natural History Museum in *Last of Us* 2. where it's <laughs> yeah. this little like nothing bad yeah. happens stretch. Spoiler alert. But no, you're right. <laughs> and so it's it's going to be, and the flip side of all of that is, this will fall off a cliff. If mm-hmm. Dallas drops, you know, a, a portion, and they can, this isn't. They have more leeway than seven and zero, right? So yeah, teams lose, it's fine. They could win against Florida. They could win against Tampa Bay. They they arguably maybe should have won another game against Florida, right? So it's not the. I'm not saying they have to win all of them, but they should win most. And it's 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 there is a ta- they're they are entering a stretch of the season where finally the talent discrepancy is on their side. And it's going to be really telling how this group responds to that, knowing the situation there.
1: Exactly. This was, and you know, this was the, the nightmare scenario too of like for me, at least when, when I found out that Sagan would be out for the season of that, this would be what would happen from the get go with Sagan out, that they would just be completely discombobulated. Right. And now, um, you know, like the worst has happened ostensibly where, you know, you know, Dallas is a mess, but what matters is they've, they've reached this breaking point. They can pick themselves up and fix it and make a difference, or they continue to tank. And it will be very telling of this team and their stamina for the long term for future seasons. When they lose key pieces for a long stretch of time, When they go into a nutty schedule where it's just this gauntlet of teams, right? That this is a character test for them, and it is going to make a heck of a difference how they respond in just these next, like, 15 days, let alone the whole month. Um, Please, Dallas Stars, win against Detroit on my birthday. That's this month. That's please. Just all I want is a Dallas Stars win on my birthday. Please. (laughs) You guys haven't played on my birthday in three seasons. Please, this year, please win. (laughs)
0: And so, you know, that that leaves us with, you know, all eyes are gonna be on Thursday. And mm-hmm. Dallas has and the other thing I haven't mentioned is Dallas isn't away again until March thirteenth. So a
1: good the home first, stretch is gonna be good for them. They that road trip was long. You know,
0: <laughs> and they they now have six winnable games in a row, all of which are at home. And at some point as fans, it is fair for us to look at that stretch and say, show it. You know, show it to us. All right? Exactly. Right? This is you're either a contender or you're not, and we're gonna find out over the next three weeks.
1: I I really am excited to see. And, you know, being at home, it has been an interesting experience the experiment this season for the home field advantage, right? Like what what it, or home ice advantage, I guess, in the in the terms of hockey. What does the home ice advantage do for a team when you have Almost no fans in the building, and this season it does make a difference for Dallas because they're hurting and they need that momentum. And also the the familiarity of home, your home rink and practice rink, you know your routines, you're at well, your. Well, it's not house, having not to get on the hotel. road,
0: no wear and tear. You finish the game, you go to your you go to your bed.
1: Exactly, the right. So I think that part of it is actually kind of quantifiable now because of the COVID season, but still being in front like Dallas has said time and again they love their fans the fans are almost selling out the 5000 tickets available for each home game they're really close each time it's like 4700 per game basically is what they're averaging so the fans are dedicated and even when they're tanking they're still willing to come to these games Dallas has to has to lean into that faith and say okay you guys still have faith in us we might be rethinking that faith in ourselves <laughs> let's try to fix this
0: it's time to fix it and so with that, give me I've I've gone first. We gotta break the mojo. We gotta break the streak. What is your prediction for the next two games?
1: Oh, is it a, is it an easy shot to say Rajolev comes back?
0: <laughs> I, I'm um, gonna say that one based on Bones made comments today that he is skating and practice again, but he's not close. So I don't yep. I think I'm gonna I think I'm going to reject that one. You can make that claim for next week, but I don't think it's feasible for the next two games. I could so be wrong.
1: I would I would say you've gone you've gone goaltending the last few times. So let me go goaltending this time. All right. And I can see the gleam in your eyes. You're like, oh yes, give me this one. Dobby has been smacked around by Tampa Bay, and he is tired of it. Uh, very tired of it. So I'm I'm getting the sense that Dobby, no matter what the defense do in front of him, no matter what the forwards do on the other end of the ice, Dobby's gonna say, Get in, losers. We're winning one of these games, and it's going to be on a shutout. I am banking on him shutting out Columbus in one of the games.
0: Wow. See, I'm, I was going to give the most fantastical nonsense prediction of all. Dallas is going to win both games against Columbus.
1: <laughs> what does that say about this season, that that's and more fantastical than a shutout?
0: <laughs> to do so, they're going to score a goal, at least.
1: I mean, they have to.
0: They're serious.
1: This, this isn't soccer where you can end in a tie. This isn't baseball spring training where you can end well, in a tie. Well,
0: shootout, <laughs> shootout goals don't count. They're going to win two games, and they're going to win them in regulation, I believe.
1: I like it. I like it. Until
0: oh, until next time, we'll see who's right. Hopefully, we will be. Um, as KT reminds us, Dallas has been pretty terrible. Terrible, as she says. Terrible. Against the Blue Jackets, which is fair and true. But our, our own
1: producer is laughing at us in the chat. It's must be a must be a Wednesday.
0: <laughs> Start season.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> will have a good one. We'll see what happens and uh, take it easy.
1: All right, bye, Wes. <laughs>